Hello everyone and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is Liam and I am here with my two co-hosts, George. Hello, Poppets. And Grant. Hello, music fans. Every episode of Flawless, a host or a guest nominates an album and that they think is flawless and we talk about how they discovered it, why they love it and what they think makes it flawless. We have a Facebook group. It's called Flawless Friends and Family. There's a link in our show notes. You can go there. Tell us all about your favorite episodes of the podcast and your favorite albums. Uh, and we also let you know in advance what albums we're going to be covering. So if you've got any thoughts on those, you can let us know at the group. And yeah, link in the show notes. And we also have a Patreon. So from $1 a month, you can back us. There is bonus episodes coming, we hope. Once again, link in the show notes, patreon.com slash flawlessamp. And Tuesday nights are our Clubhouse Music Live Chat, where we talk about episodes of the podcast and all things music and all the flawless albums that people like to talk about. So Tuesday nights, 8 p.m. Australian Standard Time, search for Clubhouse, search on Clubhouse for Australian Music Industry, or we normally post links in the Facebook group and on our Twitter and everything as well. So check us out there. We're just all over it, aren't mm. we? We are trying to be all over it to get to as many people as we can to keep the conversation going. So today is a very special episode. It is, isn't it? Oh, I'm excited. It is oh, very exciting. Wow. Because for the first time, we have an international guest who is not actually in the room with us. So we've had guests from overseas before, but this is the first time that they've actually been overseas while we're recording. Would you like to introduce yourself? My name is Ian Johnson. I am from the United States. Specifically, I am from Kansas City, Missouri. So smack dab right there in the, in the middle, surrounded by a whole lot of nothing. Um, and I am an audio engineer. Uh, I am a lifelong musician. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, played music with a folk punk band called Slow Motion Commotion, and I'm currently working on a solo project called The Last Innkeeper. Um, I'm also a podcaster myself. I am one of uh, I am one third of the show Shitty Mashups. Uh, we are a music podcast <laughs> for people who hate music. Uh, we like to say um, each week, uh, my friend Shane, who's going to come up a lot in this episode, um, uh, gives me and our other friend Ryan a challenge uh, to mash two songs together. Um, last week, uh, as when we're recording this, our last challenge was to uh, take a song that was made specifically for a movie. So I did a bunch with I had nine to five and power of love and. Um, Eye of the Tiger, a whole bunch <laughs> of them just, mm. just uh, smashed together. Oh yes! But uh, we're 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 doing all of this from the music research facility in the center of the Earth, and uh, each week the winner gets bragging rights, and then the loser is ejected into the cold, inky blackness of space. Uh, it is a very fun, silly show. Um, high stakes. Yeah, yeah, it's hard, very yeah, high stakes. High stakes. That's, what, <laughs> that's, that's how we play here. Oh, cool. When when one of us gets a flawless, we uh, definitely brag and brag and brag to the others. Don't, twist the dagger. Yeah. Don't <laughs> we? Don't we? If, yep, that's the game that we I, play. I wouldn't know. Because I, you know, I haven't had one, so I don't actually know what you guys are talking cool. about. Cool. So, did you want to let us know what album you are nominating today? Yes, I am nominating the third and final album from the Toms River, New Jersey-based band River City Extension, entitled Deliverance.
Fantastic. Nice work. Thank you. Mm. So, how did you discover uh, River City Extension? Mm. Uh, so, I was shown River City, Exten- River City Extension by uh, my previously mentioned friend, Shane. Um, he was kind of the source of a lot of what would end up being my favorite music. Uh, he was very active on uh, a lot of different music forums online and was just somebody that voraciously consumed new music and uh just would show me anything that he thought i would like and uh it was probably around like i want to say 2011 or 2012 and he was like hey i got something to show you you need to listen to this and he showed me the song our new intelligence off of uh their first album the unmistakable man um which is an incredible song and um i was just instantly obsessed with it and um listened to it constantly and then started listening to the whole album and and fell in love with every single song on it and just i don't know it was it just activated something in me and um after that i just i i followed them um super closely just constantly looking for new music and and I, I should also I should I should preface here at the at the start of this episode that um I have like an intensely personal connection to this band um I actually kind of uh developed a um uh kind of a friendship with their uh lead singer uh Joe Michelini I sent them a message uh after a while because their music just meant so much to me and I sent them an email mm-hmm. outlining all of that and they responded and then we got to talking on Twitter and then um, went and saw them multiple times live while they were touring and, and put them up at my cousin's place a couple of times um, when they were in, in Columbia, Missouri. And um, so this, so this episode, you know, just like our opinion is going to be interlinked for you on a personal level yes. and not just based on the fact that you love the music. So mm. there's no pressure. It is. No pressure. Yeah, yeah. no pressure. I, I think this is the first time someone's nominated an album by someone that they actually knew. Like it's usually Personally, there's a yeah. dis- bit of a disconnect. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I never met Nick Drake today. No. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you said that you fell in love with that, like right from the start, what made you pick this album over one yeah, of the other couple that you could have nominated? Um, so they had they they had three albums total. Their first was the Unmistakable Man. Uh, the second is Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Your Anger, and the one we are talking about today is their third, Deliverance. I would say that Deliverance and the Unmistakable Man are kind of tied in my head. I still really love Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Your Anger, but it is kind of the the middle child <laughs> a little bit um, for me and. I picked Deliverance, A, because I think I wanted to talk a little... I think for for me, it's sort of the context of it being their final album. It's kind of the last step in their evolution a little bit. You know, if you look at it as like a trilogy of albums, which I don't think it was mm-hmm. intended that way. You know, they, they, the, they called it quits after this album kind of went through its release cycle. Um and I, I, I don't think that it was intended necessarily to be their last album, but it does sort of make it the the last chapter. And at least, you know, for this band, they've all gone on to do uh, other things. But 
it's just kind of a culmination of their their story a little bit and and i think that's what makes it really good and it it's makes it very interesting to talk about um and also it's one of the more easily available albums i i wanted people to be able to go out and listen to them they're their first two albums are still available. They're out there like on YouTube and you can purchase them, but um, I'm not, they're, they're not streaming anywhere for some reason. It, it had something okay. to do with the, the label uh-huh. uh, that they, uh, they were on. Um, so only deliverance is available on Spotify, but this is a band that I think is terribly underappreciated. And um, I want your guys' listeners to be able to go out and listen to them. So I thought, you know, we would talk about the mm-hmm. one that is a little bit more available. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. George. Hello. Have you ever heard of River City Extension before it was nominated? Um, I had not. And it's one of those moments where I get really, really pissy at myself (laughs) where I go, oh, I've not heard this before, but this is definitely in my wheelhouse because not only um, have they supported uh, bands that I was obsessed with, like Brand New, The Get Up Kids, Max Famous from Say Anything, Kevin Devine and Alkaline Trio. They also released a split seven inch with Kevin Devine in 2011, who's somebody that I've seen lots and lots of times. Um, So I feel like I've been on the outskirts of this band and yet I never heard them. And so I'm very annoyed that I'd never heard the band before and I'd never heard the album before, but I am a better person for it. Cool. Grant. How succinct. (laughs) George. Well, haven't we become more refined? Come on, Liam, ask the question. There you go. Head. Have you ever heard of River City <laughs> Extension before? I, the question followed on. I assumed you would just go with yeah, it. Yeah, look, and we go. No, of course not. Well, forgive me. No, I hadn't. Um, <laughs> and but I, I suppose I'm a lot kinder slash gentler on myself than George because I, I, I fall back to the whole. I'm from Africa, and yeah, you know, late 2009, 10, 11 ish. Wasn't necessarily at the peak of my powers, so to well, speak. Well, this is 2015. Yeah, then. but even. Probably, that's the earlier stuff. Sorry, when you know, oh, I suppose yeah. when you fell in love with it, they're in or um or discovering them. So, um, so you're saying from being from Africa, you weren't super plugged into the like New Jersey Americana scene. Well, save for I mean, let's be honest. I don't know if you heard our <laughs> earlier podcast. There was a guy called Bon Jovi in the self-titled album New Jersey. Mm. Yeah, um, and Titus Andronicus, um, which I know no. you guys have talked about. They're also from. New yeah, Jersey. we did. Mm-hmm. We did. Now we're we good did. actually. Yep. Let's get album two. They're in a similar um, But no, my my um, I'm certainly I would consider myself a very um in the bronze medal position in terms of overall music <laughs> knowledge between the three of us uh, co- co-hosts here Ian. so no, i hadn't heard of them um and yeah I'm, I'm certainly disappointed and was um a lot of strings and you know that goes pulls mm, close it, to my heart it does yeah you know? as, like, a, hey, as a violinist yourself. yeah oh, former you know nah I'm you're like, always hey, i need to play again man nice um, but, yeah so, so thank you um but yeah liam yeah. No, I had not heard of them. Um, yeah, I'm in a similar vein in that I wish I had. But I, this band also, having now listened to this, is one of those things where people, you hear people say, oh, you know, no one's making this kind of music. No one's making dance music. No one, like you always hear, you know, oh, no one listens to this kind of music anymore. This is a perfect band of like, example for me of like, lots of bands are making lots of stuff. All you have to do is put a little bit of effort in to go yeah, out and find point, it and get people to recommend it to you. Like, sure. sure, it might not be super in the charts or all over the radio or as much anymore, but as it used to be, but it's still out there and all you need is to go and do a little bit of work. So it always mm-hmm. frustrates me when people say, oh, no one's making this kind of music or that. 
It's like no. everyone, every style and genre, everything you want to make is still being made. Everything you want to listen to is still being made. You've just got to maybe put a little bit extra work in than you used to. So Ian, you mentioned um, Titus Andronicus. Have you listened to a couple of our um, podcasts before then? I have, yeah. I, I listened. That was the first episode I listened to because that's another one of okay. my favorite albums the monitor i it's my ultimate <laughs> summer album um right I love, ultimate I, I love driving around with the windows down just screaming those anthems you know it's it's a great cool. album and um uh i listened i know i listened to your uh the jeff buckley grace episode because that's another oh yeah another great album i know i was robbed, I was <laughs> robbed. <laughs> yeah i was i was with you george heathens um, but i i've been jumping around uh through some of the albums that that I'm more familiar with, um, sure, yeah. There's there's a lot that I okay. have not given the time that, that they deserve, but um, I I want to check out. So, no, I sure. appreciate you. So you mentioned that um, this album probably not all the bands probably not as well known. I I when I was doing my research, I did find it hard to find information about the album, mm-hmm. specifically who actually played on it because there's no Wikipedia entry for it and the Discogs entry doesn't have that information. But Ian, you might know if you've got that connection to the band. Yeah, yeah. who were the actual musicians that all played on the album? So I found I, I found reference that there was around eight people in the band mm, at any yeah. one time, that, yeah. and there was fifteen past members that mm-hmm. I saw, um, but that's yeah, yeah usually we're able to say this person played the violin or this person played the drums and all that kind of stuff and uh yeah it was, it was nearly impossible so at this point um when they were releasing deliverance um do you know who was in that yeah so as you said they had a big lineup uh at, at times um when they released their their second album they had eight members uh as you said um but after so after that album and, and the tour, um, a lot of people dropped out um, just due to different reasons. And um, it ultimately this album was mostly uh, written uh, just by three of kind of the core members, uh, uh, Joe Michelini. Uh, who's always been the kind of the core of the project. Um, and uh, they've mm-hmm. actually said, uh, that uh, this was one of their more collaborative albums. Um, Joe primarily wrote most of the songs uh, for their their first two albums. You know, you know they would all work together on it, but he was always kind of the driving force. And um, this one, um, I was reading some interviews um, from them just to get myself familiar with everything about it. And 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 this was. Uh, more of a, a collaborative effort, but so this album was basically it was Joe, um, uh, John Muccino, I hope I'm saying his his name right, who's um, just an incredible composer and guitar player, and then uh, Patrick O'Brien, um, who uh, is their their keys uh, player, um, mm-hmm. and then they did it with the help of uh, Pat Noon, was their producer. Um, he he had produced all of their albums, but they recorded it up in at a uh, ski lodge in the Poconos that like uh, a family friend or something like that owned, and it was in the middle of April, so it was kind of kind of deserted um, and um, just sort of went up there. And then they brought in a, a few you know people, a few friends to play different parts. But at the time of the the writing of the album um, specifically, it was. Um, it was it was mostly the three of them. I, I have the full 
list here of of who else happened. I know they had uh, Rachel uh, Gowell play the cello. They, they brought in a full string oh, quartet, um, actually, mm. uh, which all the string stuff was composed by um, John, John Muccino. Um, he, he composed all of that, and they brought in um, the quartet. And then I'm, I'm not sure from the recording to their touring um, how that lineup changed. Um, I know the last couple times that I, I saw them live, um, it was about five or six people um, total. So, but I, I don't know necessarily at that point who was considered a, you know, core member. member of the, like yeah, a, core yeah. member. Core member. Versus or just or like a player. Guest, touring guest. But, um, hmm. yep. Yeah. So when this album opened, like I had it on in the background, um, just like I usually just have stuff on in the background, like the first time I listened to it. Yeah. And it felt like, um, and this is like, this is my, my interpretation on the first song, Something's Gotta Give, was where with those strings, piano, the woos and uh, Joe's singing just made it feel like Polyphonic Spree mm-hmm. had an affair with Bruce Springsteen yeah. and this is what came out. And I thought it was one of the funnest kind of intros to an album. It was really, really fun. So that was my interpretation. Yeah. So, so apologies if that upsets people from Jersey. They're definitely <laughs> a, um, like they defy genre, not in that they don't sound like anybody else, but more like that they've taken parts of lots of different yeah, genres. Sure. That's, and mm-hmm. I, I have something written down in my notes that they, they really, they kind of defy classification. Like mm-hmm. they, they started as as kind of, their first album came out in 2010 and it was very much kind of a, a very folk influenced and and I think it it kind of was part of the sort of folk pop fad of of that time you know like when Mumford and Sons and Lumineers and all that were getting big and so oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they they got a lot of people from that but then as they progressed like their their second album don't let the sun go down on your anger is a lot more like just kind of singer songwriter focused and then this album is just it's so weird because it's like it still has that kind of americana folk bass but it's also very jazzy and it's also got like some like 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 surf rock elements in it and it's just it does it it absolutely does not conform to any single genre and that's something i love about it nice do you think that it was that it was just talking out loud thinking out loud that it was to the album's detriment that it's not easy to define it. Oh, so it means that it didn't get into a billboard and stuff like that, you mean? Yeah. I I do, Good actually. I, I, I That's something that I wrote in my notes that, you know, there, the second album got a lot of critical praise, but it okay. didn't really connect, I think, with, with a wider audience. I think they kind of lost some people because it didn't have that sort of same folk pop sound as the first album, and, and mm-hmm. people were so into that. And so then when the second album was... A little bit more muted um I, I think there was a little bit of a drop-off and that was something that i think factored kind of heavily into what they were doing on this record a little bit because i think they were sort of grappling with that and i, th- I think it's it's not to the detriment of the record in terms of the quality of the product that is produced because i think it's no, no 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 perfect I think that it does make it harder because when you do want to kind of break into that sort of mainstream thing and get radio play and, you know, whatever, (laughs) 
It's yes. it's easier when you can fit into a nice little neat box. And Correct. This yeah. doesn't. It doesn't fit into any single Just neat box, but it's also doesn't not, get pigeonholed. Yeah, but it's also it's not like it's so like weird or out there that it could nah. be considered like experimental or like niche. And so it mm-hmm. just kind of falls into this weird crack in between there where it's like, it's too weird for some audiences, but it's not weird enough to like build like a really devoted, like, you know, niche audience. Yeah. It's not avant-garde, it's not avant-garde or anything like that. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, I don't know, art rock maybe is the best you could call it. I don't know. It's all I know is that it's fucking good. And it's, I wish that more music sounded like this. Yeah. There were some elements that reminded me that it felt like a softer um, cursive mm-hmm. um, and cursive never really fit into one particular like place, but yeah. um, was still recognized because they had more vitriol um, with their music. They kind of got picked up a lot more, um, but there were elements of this for sure where um, it felt like Joe singing and like the melody behind it and the way every, the instruments were playing off each other, especially having a cello um, mm. made me feel like there was like a real... It was like a really friendly version of a cursive record as opposed to um, the vitriolic version that you would normally get from cursive. Mm. So talking about something's got to give, it's just got that that everyone will have heard when I put in those like, cool, crisp guitars right at the mm. start. Like the, the production effects and the, everything, the mixing is really well done on this whole album, but just all the way through. And then like, yeah, so it's got the crisp guitars and then it brings in that orchestral flourish oh. and then it cuts it back and then it brings it back mm-hmm. in again. It's mm-hmm. sort of... It really ebbs and flows. Jesus. I think it's a really perfect introduction to what the band sound is for this album. Yes. Like if from the way you're describing Ian, it, they didn't sound like this before necessarily. It was quite different from their first and second ones. But if you listen to this first one, you're like, this is who we're going to be. So I think, it, And it, also, there's twiddly guitar solos, but it's mm, not wanky. No, not big power rock guitar. It, just no, like, it's yeah. Not, yeah, yeah, it's that, not that cock rock. arpeggiated like, guitar wanking. solo gets me so hyped every time it's just like it's up and down and and it's 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 like it's unlike any guitar solo i feel like i've ever heard and i love it so much and and i love the way that this song also just cuts off at the end as well yeah it just it just it's stops like full like, band and then just yeah, yeah. stops and, and then you're like oh new song one, one of the things <laughs> i love about the this album is the push and pull of it it knows when to go real like it knows when to go hard and like use they they use dissonance in such an interesting way which i think is where like the that very kind of like heavy sort of jazz influence comes in and Mm -hmm. you know there there are times where it's just like it's very like sonically dense there's a lot going on and there's just like this noise and then but then they know to like pull back from that right like they don't keep beating you up with it and then they'll they'll sort of pull back and let you kind of rest in something simpler for for a minute like even just going from something's got to give into man of conviction you know it's Mm. this big discordant you know guitars kind of breaking down and then this hard stop and then just this you know kind of smooth intro into man of conviction it's so good sonically dense bud yeah i don't think i've ever heard that before yeah uh, thank you and i think it's a good good description and it's, yeah, that's really, um, when the guitars come in, it's really jazzy. And there's the ah, ooh, ooh kind of harmonies over that surfy <laughs> guitar with another solo. But again, it's not confronting. It fits. Um, and it has, so lyrically, um, like I 
generally write lyrics um, for a few tracks when I'm listening to an album. But here I was writing lyrics down for like every single track hmm. because the lyrical content was so beautiful. Um, and in Man of Conviction, I really liked it when... Then there's harmonies yeah. of oohs mm. and oohs. And that's yeah, just like, lots of oohs all the way through the album. Mm. Yes, yeah. which I, and you know I love an ooh. And an ooh and an ah. Yeah, exactly. And at one point there's whistling as well. And, so I, just, and in Man of Conviction there's also some hand claps, like not yeah. not really bold ones like where it's like hand clap solo, but it's you can hear just mixed in a little bit with the drums towards the end of like little hand claps. Yeah. Um, sucker, sucker for a hand clap. So to... I want to give you guys a, a direct quote from Joe, just kind of about this album as a whole. Something that they said about it is the first half is about conquering self-doubt through self-worth and how powerful that can be. The second half talks about whether it's worth it to conquer doubt at all. And if we can really make a difference in the world. And I think that's like pretty much the thesis of this, this whole album. Um, and I, I was also reading uh, a lot of their, he, uh, Joe, grew up in a very uh, religious household um, and a lot of songs on the first two records um, dealt with, with faith and, and God and spirituality. And he said that specifically he wanted to do a record that, that didn't deal with that. And also didn't, he said the three things that he didn't want to write about were God, women, or uh, drinking. Um, mm -hmm. And, one of the things I love My about three favorite things. Yeah, so not, not super rock and roll then. Yeah. Yeah. But so one of the things I love in Man of Conviction is the the second verse. Um, because the the question, right, is is you know, this self doubt and and finding yourself in the world and like what is kind of the purpose of being here. And I think that one of the answers that is often given to that sort of question in music is you know love which don't get me wrong i love love but there's a lot of love songs and so i love the second verse in man of conviction where uh he says there's a man of conviction who takes every position he's the latest addition that we can find and he says love is the answer and they clap till their hands hurt but love isn't on their minds so i love that the I love that the album is posing this question of like, you know, what are we, what are we doing here? And in the second song, he's pretty much saying, it's like, okay, it's not love. Let's just take that off the table. Like love is great, but that's not what we're talking about right now. And I don't know. I, 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 I adore that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you and I in a lyric buddies, which is what we call it when we <laughs> write down the exact same lyrics. Cause I had those exact phrases written down on mine as well as yeah. Heck yes. And that's, like that same thing for me was being uh, raised Catholic and then moving away from the church is like, it's not too often. It's not about love and it's not about the things that it should be about. It's yeah. About something else. Yeah. Catholicism or the church. You mean saying? Yeah, a lot of people's expression and the way they exercise their religion is not about that. Not what it should be about. Mm -hmm. Cool. So we probably won't have time to go through all the songs. Mm -hmm. Grant, did you have anything with your double tick? Mad. Look, I'm a, 
I'd be so far to bold to say I might have I was be, might have been tempted to do, do a triple tick, Ooh. which is unheard of. Oh my goodness! What, what, what nearly, what nearly got a triple, triple tick? tick? Oh yeah. <laughs> look, well, um, Ohio. I mean, you go nice. into the next one. Yeah. And yeah. That's, it's a perfectly placed third track, like yes. intense oh, song, God, intense yeah. song, and then third song you just oh. take the foot off a li- just a little bit. Um, so what, yeah, tell us about Ohio. Oh well, I could just I suppose maybe on the back of of a recent yeah. <laughs> reference to Ohio, yes, being you know, brought in there on a swarm of bees by yeah. by a, a, another group, um, which is like, well, here's a different take and the same. We've just been listening about this place, and mm. it's like, well, I should be going there because yeah. it seems to like this place, you know. Um, but I, I just, I, I really, I thought that could could almost have gone triple. Mm-hmm. Um, because that, that starts out, like, it sounds softer right from the start. It's more acoustic, more analog sort of instrument stuff. It's, it's, and then at the halfway point, it kicks in and, like, the big electric guitars and the big flourish mm. comes in again. It's really cool. And the the percussion at the beginning sounds like they're hitting drain pipes. Yeah, yeah. Like just it's, like, like, really interesting DIY sound. sort of stuff. Absolutely. So, yeah, that was a really interesting sound. And then, like, the fact there was just this one little hook of... Love you with the confidence of Like, it's nice. so good. Yeah. Like, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. oh, so I good. have more lyric buddies because I have that written down too. I had to mention yeah. that. <laughs> so more lyric buddies. Good. Oh, it just, it hits yeah. you. Mm. Really does. Mm. I love you with the confidence of eight. You know, I'm. I'm getting married and I'm genuinely considering using that as um, part of my vows nice. um, because I just thought it was so beautiful. Like usually Liam will find a lyric that he loves so much he wants tattooed on him. And then, <laughs> but for me, I'm thinking that line is so just absolutely perfect um, that I am genuinely going to put it in my vows and my partner will have no freaking idea what <laughs> I'm talking about. So that's But fun. he'd appreciate it. Yeah, he'd appreciate it, I'm sure, yeah. Mm. The, uh, and what about Vox? Uh, uh, real quick, I was going to say, the one, the one other line yeah, I wanted to in? mention from Ohio is, um, so it would seem it was worth it just to glimpse upon a dream to owe yourself the future you have seen. I just, I love mm-hmm. that. I love that mm-hmm. so much. And nice. this, this album as a whole is so much about them kind of dealing with, you know, a lot of people leaving after uh, Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Your Anger came out. And it's, it's, you know, one of the, the other questions about this album is like, is it worth it to throw yourself so completely into something that requires you to leave a more conventional life behind? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like that, that, that is one of the, just the, like the running themes of this whole album. And I don't know. It, it, it this it, this just connected with me so much at this time in my life and why do you think particularly in this time of your life bud? in this time of my life um so the reason i'm an audio engineer is because of this band um stop it was, it. It was nice. no, it, yeah it was we go now we're ripping them i yeah when i first went to college i was planning on going into filmmaking and i did a, a couple of years like at, at a community college, sort of getting my prereqs out of the way, and then was going to transfer to a, a local uh, art college um, and got like the highest scholarship that they offered for it. But like I was looking at it, it was like I was still going to owe like a hundred thousand dollars in student loans by the end of it. And I mm-hmm. had just kind of like I, I didn't feel like the passion and really the drive 
that I needed at that moment. And I was like, I don't think 400 grand. Yeah. You need to be passionate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> you know, you need to be pretty sure. You've got to have an end. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, I need to, I just needed to kind of take a break and figure this stuff out. And I just started working for a while and it was the second, well, technically third time that I saw them live. So, uh, me and technically, yeah. So, so me and my friend, I, the first time I saw him was a week after my 21st birthday. Um, mm-hmm. right. It was either right before or after they'd put out their second album. Um, mm-hmm. and then it was maybe a year or two later. Um, and they were on tour and me and my buddy Shane, uh, they were playing in St. Louis and Columbia, Missouri. Um, which are about it's Columbia is basically right between Kansas city and St. Louis. So me and Shane drove to St. Louis, saw him there and then drove to Columbia the next night and saw him there. And then they needed a place to crash after their show in Columbia. Um, and actually I reached out because I'd seen them on Twitter beforehand. They'd been posting a lot of, you know, in their stops of like, Hey, if, if you're in the city that we're in right now and you have a place we could, you know, crash for the night, you know, let us know. And so I'd sent them out an email that was just like, cause we'd, I, this was after I'd kind of sent that initial email to them and sort of made contact and talked with them sure. on Twitter and everything. So we had a little bit of a relationship at this point. And I was like, Hey, if you guys need a place in Columbia, like, let us know. And they were like, Oh, actually we've, we've mm-hmm. already got Columbia sorted, but thanks. And I was like, ah, well, well. And then the morning that we woke up to drive to St. Louis, they were like, Hey, actually we do need a place to stay in Columbia. And so it was so exciting. It was, it was a surreal. It is one of the best nights of my life, honestly, because cool. I was hanging out with my favorite band that I loved at my cousin's place. Yeah. Like, playing video games, drinking beers, like chatting, like watching the lead singer of my favorite band who has written some of the most amazing songs that I think I've ever heard sitting there playing my guitar. And it was... (laughs) What a nice cousin though. Yeah. (laughs) It's not even on your own back. It's (laughs) it's your cousin who's put you up. He's he's a good guy. But... Yeah. But anyway, as as I was watching that, I realized it was like music was the thing that I had a passion for. It's like, this is what I've been doing. The, like, I've been doing music my a whole life. A defining moment. And I just kind of it had this sort of aha moment. And then from there, I was like, oh, well, going, you know, getting a degree in audio engineering that allows me to work with music. That seems like, you know, kind of a stable career as opposed to, you know, maybe throwing myself full force into just being a musician. I was like, this seems like a smart move that will help me make my music but also be a skill that i can use to fall back on you know if if i don't become super duper famous which uh i have not Aww. yet um yet that's a lot of, still coming but that's yeah. really still tom there's still oh, time yeah, for you yeah. to become oh, yeah. super duper <laughs> yeah absolutely um so if you know when i do i'm sure that you know if this podcast blows up because everybody's coming back to listen to this episode you guys can say you knew me when that's right man. yeah, um, yeah. we're yeah. not getting famous so if you could get famous for us that would be yeah, just don't forget about the little people but <laughs> yeah. don't forget about us no, absolutely not but. george any songs you wanted to think about talk about bring to the oh, well all of them well yeah pretty much all of them but um there was the um there is a long lyric in White Blackmail. We have to talk um, about White so Blackmail. That's, 
surfy warm guitars, driving low drums, piano chords that lift with urgency. And then it had that kind of real Jersey sound, um, the, that dirty guitar soloing and then that clean guitar soloing and stuff mm -hmm. and like mixture was awesome. But like that whole outro um, of... I got the first half of that written down. <laughs> yeah, well, it was just half, like, half lyric buddies. Half lyric buddies, yeah. It was just I, I didn't know where to stop, and if um, you can't see my page, but I, um, I was like writing and writing and writing mm, yeah. because there was just so much. Um, so that's a really um, impactful track for sure. There's definitely, like they've definitely taken some. Um, inspiration from spring scene at various yes, points definitely. But I thought this was one of the most spring scene in the delivery of the vocals i was like i could just see him Springsteen up on stage singing this song singing in this, this sort of tone and everything it was really cool in some tight blue jeans yeah okay. absolutely so the first thing i gotta ask if if you guys noticed in white blackmail if, if you didn't catch it next time you listen to this album you have to listen for it so mm -hmm. after the the guitar solo um it starts before it gets into the um, the the whole lyric that that George just quoted. Um, it actually the music does like a reprise of like all of the musical themes in the album so far. I actually have because I reached out when I was I, I didn't catch it till like my third listen through of the album, and um, I I immediately like sent them an email and i was like wait did i hear like this in white blackmail and they sent me like the sheet music that they actually had like the the instrumentation and it basically it goes through <laughs> it plays Whoa. uh it plays a line from um uh ohio the, there's like a little bit of the kind of surf guitar solo from something's gotta give uh it's got a line from indian summer and i wouldn't worry like it it plays through like a bunch of the melodies that have come prior and it's it's I mean, it's just amazing. White Blackmail is is honestly, to me, it is the climax of the album. It's it uh, it's so good. And it... Hold on. I got to look at my notes here real quick because I got some shit to say about White Blackmail. It's, it's honestly... It's my, it's my favorite song on the album. And I Love You, Honey, cool. Take What okay. You Want From Me is such a meaningful yeah. line to me because it's this oh, it's this whole it? album about <laughs> about deliverance obviously and it's about you know self-doubt and self-worth and and this journey of you know is it worth it and what are we doing here and like to me I love you honey take what you want from me represents that you you have made peace with who you are and what you have to give and and what you're doing here it's just like i love you you can have what you want it's it's not like a it's 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 not like a a giving tree situation or anything like that but it's just like no i i i know who i am i know what i'm doing i i love you and i trust you and you can take what you need from that and i i will be able to provide it's hmm. it's trusting yourself that i can give it to you and mm -hmm. That's just it's being able to be that vulnerable 
with yeah. another person absolutely it's like the end game yeah yeah and we can't skip past deliverance part two no. as a song on an album because so that, that's the kind of part the thing for me that splits it into two parts like it's yeah. the perfect middle part and then so it's like you've had it's, the five starters then that with just the opening with the string. dual violin parts and the strings oh. and then the plucked acoustic in his deeper voice so mm. this one is his voice doesn't have to stand alone but it really puts a spotlight on it because it's, yeah. it has to stand up against just the softer instruments mm. and then at the end it comes back with the little piano piece at the end but you can hear them moving from the guitar yeah walking with the tweeting walking over sitting down creaking the piano stool and then the piano comes in for the last 25 mm. seconds yeah but you can actually hear the movement in the studio mm. it, was, it wasn't in two layers it was just going and moving from here to here and when i was listening to it i was like oh you sneaky little shit that's really nice <laughs> well, and the bird, like it was the, a really nice one the the bird sounds that you kind of hear in that too are genuine it's literally just like i said you know they recorded it at the ski lodge in the poconos and so it was just it, it wasn't like a it wasn't a recording studio um it was kind of this just improvised open space and and that's what they actually that, that was the sounds that were actually happening and and yeah i love that it's bookended with with uh the the instrumental parts the string quartet and then the piano bit at the end and this like I, I think I might have said this earlier, but like this is where he presents the the thesis of the album, right? Like I could read the entire lyrics to it. Like I, I can't just pick one lyric from this to to read, but I think what I love about this band and this album specifically is that I think that we all experience these fleeting moments of profoundness sometimes there's there's these moments where our perspective can widen and you you step back and you sort of can see everything on a more cosmic scale and it feels like you can see your purpose within that right like you 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 should be able to find those answers that you're looking for if you could look at it long enough but you you can't your your eyes always snap back and then suddenly you're you're seeing the trees and and not the forest and this joe's lyrics to me are able to capture sort of the the frustration and but also like the the gratitude for moments like that in a way that like blows my mind it it he does it in a way that that nobody else can and i don't know i don't they do it in a way that nobody else can and i don't know if it's something that just me and them are on a similar wavelength and we just i just happen to find that at the right time in the right place but I don't know. I, I have to think that it's a more universal experience than that. And that's like why I always want to share this album with people, because I, I think it's so much about those those frustrating moments where it's like you you can see it for a second, but not long enough to glean anything or or make a profound change in your life based off of solely just one of those moments, which is mm-hmm. where I will highlight one lyric in this song without reading the whole thing, which is 
strange how nothing changed and it brought you to your knees. Mm-hmm. I had that too. Yeah. Lyric buddies. Yeah. Lyric buddies. There's so many good ones. I mean, I mean, they're all yeah. they're all incredible. No. Um, yeah, I wrote I wrote too much yeah. down. We're, we're, <laughs> I wrote too many notes. This is a four hour recording session, right? because <laughs> no i will talk about this album for that long i have so many notes that i haven't even touched on <laughs> liam did you have songs that you wanted to touch so on? my favorite one that we haven't touched on yet is indian summer yes which i think because my other, i can't remember if i mentioned it already but the other band that these guys bring to mind is a bit of an arcade fire element to mm. it like okay. taking i guess what would almost be regular rock parts and then mixing them in a different way and i think this one is very arcade fire so it's like it's quite barreling and propulsive and then there's this this awesome bit right before the bridge and then it cuts away to just like the bat like the piano where but it's not being bashed but it's like it's being you can feel it being hit a lot harder than it was like it's not a smooth rolling melody it's like dum 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 and then in the back half it somehow even like picks up the intensity and it's like this wailing cacophony and he's yelling and screaming sorry they're yelling and screaming and it's just yeah really cool song and there's those moments where they're singing all i wanted was your and then yeah it drops, and, and it just stops that, that yeah, that's like that the, the push just... and pull that i was talking about earlier i think mm, especially yeah, in yeah, that definitely. song it, it really comes through and um on that one i had like loads of lyrics but there was just in particular if you want to stay you should probably stay but you never take the risk and mm. I thought that was just like yeah, yeah. that mo- mm. that's that push and pull in a relationship with somebody too. Like I really enjoyed. Yeah. And, cool. and see, I don't see that song as, as necessarily about relationships, like in a romantic sense, like, like mm-hmm. I said, you know, I think this is, you know, so much of it is about kind of struggling with the people that were sort of coming and going from this project. And it's, it's sort of, it's, it's not, not a condemnation of the people that, that left in, in any way. Um, but it's just like, I'm, I'm, I, my heart is fully in this thing. And like, either yours is or it isn't, but that's up to you. And if it isn't, mm. you know, then maybe you got to move on and that's okay. Because yeah. they even sing, um, but is there love in your heart? Is there, is there truth, truth in, in your, your art? art? And that mm. was a real, <laughs> like, cursive lyric for me. Yeah. Like, yeah. For sure. So yeah, it's cool. a really beautiful song. I'm going to try and make this quick because I know we're already running a little long, but I, a quick story about that line in particular, because that's another thing that I feel like um, I had when in that same time when I went to St. Louis and, and Columbia uh, after the St. Louis show, we were me and Shane were chatting with Joe. And this was when me and Shane were my previously mentioned folk punk band slow motion commotion we were just kind of talking to him about song uh, talking to them about songwriting and and their philosophy on it and they said you know if if you're writing anything if it's not genuine and true to yourself then it's not worth writing and that is something that has shaped everything that i have ever created since then and seeing that here years later when he put out when they put out this album and knowing that they still believe that and seeing how much of themselves they really poured into this record gives me a lot of assurance that that is a good tenant to keep following. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so as you mentioned, we're running a bit short on time. So was there any other big ticket stuff that you absolutely wanted to mention, Ian? Um, So the one thing I'll say, the 
two songs we haven't really touched on. There's, uh, well, I guess we didn't really talk about I Wouldn't Worry. It's a good song. Um, good stuff. All of them are good. Uh, but the two last kind of points, I guess, are so Vox Populi, the penultimate song on the album, um, is kind of. I wrote big penultimate. I literally wrote the words big penultimate. Yeah. Like, um, when it. When I write my notes, it's 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 very interesting. I think, especially after White Blackmail, which you know feels like the climax of the album, and then Vox Populi is this very weird, um, kind of an outlier. I think on the album, it's it's got a much kind of darker tone, and I think a little bit more of an exasperated um, feeling to it uh, in the lyrics. And I think what it is is to to me, it's kind of the counterpoint to the thesis. You know, it's this is an album about self-reflection and self-doubt and self-worth and making peace with your place in the world. And then this song is kind of about the people on the outside of that journey that don't really appreciate it um, and just want you to, you know, do your, you know, just do something, make something for me or, you know, quit whining about it sort of thing. And um, I think that that makes it interesting. I think that it is it is a like I said, it is is one of the weirder songs on the album, but I also think that it is it is critical to the kind of overall theme. Um, that's that's all I really want to say about Vox Populi. But we we got to talk about I'm Not There, the closing song. Mm-hmm. It, so it's just that softer piano lead song. Yes, a little bit of Elton John at the mm-hmm. very end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's got this beautiful swing to it with the slide guitar when the drums come in. It's uh, it's so good, and there, I mean, there's just so many good lyrics in it. I know, like. I cannot tell you how many times I have felt <laughs> that in my life, and. Yeah. I re- I really love. Um, What's the use in understanding? If there's a truth, who's going to care? So I quit my thinking, won't try to blend in like I was never really there. Yeah. So I, I literally this is why just got I goosebumps thought... just from hearing you, like just hearing it read aloud. It still gives me goosebumps. <laughs> that The end of that will well, make Well, I think me it's cry. a really good journey because we start the album with Something's Gotta Give, which is this big positive number. Mm. And it's like really like out there. Mm. And when you talk about it being um, in two halves, um, finishing on I'm Not There and that introspection is really beautiful because it, it's there felt like there was a realism to the journey. Mm-hmm. So it's like sometimes there are those massive highs and you can be on that part of the journey. But at the end, if you are thinking about all of the um, different conversations that they've had in all of the tracks, um, ending it on that one was like a really daring to not end it on Vox Populi. And mm. it was like really it was a smart move. Yeah, so the first song sounds big and confident. Like, here here we are. Here's our message. We've got things to say and these things are important. Here you go. And then the last one is like, he's they're just as lost as everybody else. Like, they don't have all the answers. They, mm-hmm. They've gone... It's almost like mm-hmm. the if they wrote this one last, it's almost like they got through the whole album, like, hoping that by the end they'd have the answer. And they've gotten to the end and they're like, and Regret. I still don't have the... Yeah, yeah, it might actually be yeah. worse than when I started. I don't yeah. have yeah. the answers. And I, I don't know how to get where I'm going. Like, there's there's a lot of reads on the end of the album, and mm. I I view it I view it hopefully. Like to me to me it makes it it is it is a positive note. You know even even the the thought of the 
like I was never really there because earlier in deliverance part two, when he says, you know, what deliverance I have found that the world is spinning around without me. And so it's like, he's talking about like, I was never really there, but there's also like this sense of peace that's been made with that fact. And I love what you guys were saying, because that is something I love about this album is that it feels like it is asking such big questions and it at no point does it pretend to have the answers because none of those questions are really about the answers. It is it is about just asking yourself those questions and being okay with not having an answer and figuring out how to live what you believe to be a good life without having necessarily the instructions or or, you know, a clear definitive answer as to what that's going to mean in the end. Mm -hmm. Cool. So I think we're up to final pitch time. Mm. And would you like to give us, you've given us so many awesome words so far. Would you like to give us a big summary of (sighs) all your feelings about this album? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Honestly, I I probably should have saved some of those words for this because I'm probably just going to retread a lot of ground. But I think that here's, here's my pitch. First off, musically, it is unlike anything else. It is influenced by a lot of things, and it's it's not unfamiliar, but it is it, it feels fresh and unique and distinctive and enjoyable. You know, this musically, this album goes a lot of places and plays with a lot of different things, but it never feels disjointed. It never feels like, well, that's that's a weird one. You know, like it, it never feels uncohesive. It, it, it all comes together very well. And it's like I said, it's just sonically, it's just beautiful. It's beautifully engineered and mastered and it's, it's great. Lyrically and thematically, it is like I was just saying, you know, it's, it's asking these big questions without pretending to have the answers. It is so deeply personal, I think, to, joe and to the other members and and it i that is to me that's something that that that's what i want out of my art like that's what i want whenever i i'm listening to music i i want to know that a person has put part of themselves into it to share with me that is what music is about it is about the connection and when you read these lyrics and and you you come to understand this journey that i think you that that everybody should go on at some point you know we we all struggle with the things that that joe has struggled with and knowing that there are other people out there that are are processing that and and trying to make peace and understanding and are okay with not necessarily having that 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 understanding but able to make peace within their life with that. That's, that's a beautiful thing. And I, I don't know, like I said, to me, this is such a a personal experience that I know that I have felt and knowing that somebody else has felt that same way is what helps me sleep at night. And, you know, I don't know Mm. if it's something that, that you guys have felt and if it connects with you in the same way, but 
even still, I think it's, it's, it's flawless. It's, it's a masterpiece. Cool. Awesome. awesome. George, Hello. over to you for a final thoughts and a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Oh, final thoughts. I'm doing that thing again where I go, where has this been for the last six <laughs> years of my life? Um, and now where can I find the rest of it? So um, as I mentioned, uh, they've supported bands that I have loved for many, many years, like people like the Get Up Kids and stuff like for, that I've loved for like, 20 years or something and um, so i'm annoyed that i've not heard it before um but it's 10 tracks in 41, 41 minutes, minutes. Mm -hmm. um it moves me through different journeys different emotions lyrically i think it's impeccable musically i was completely blown away and it was not something i told you i put it on in the background um and then it was something that i had to stop and listen to that i couldn't put it on in the background so um from my perspective there's nothing i would move there was nothing I would take away. There's nothing I would add. I think they've set out to deliver something and they've absolutely delivered it. So from my perspective, this album is definitely, hands down, a flawless album that is going on my repeat listen playlist for sure. Nice. So thank you, Ian. You can't cool. see it, but I just did a fist bump mm -hmm. over on my side. <laughs> <laughs> Grant, final thoughts and a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Jeez. Um, so look, lots to like for mine. Um, I the opening track on the opening track, I'm like, hey, listen to this guitar, and then the strings come in. I'm like, what's going on here? What, who are these guys? Yeah. And, and who's who's you know, River City Extension? And then Man of Vision comes on, and I'm like, yes, I've got all this. Um, and things I suppose I didn't like. I actually didn't like in the beginning. Something's got to give the end. I thought, oh, just why'd you just do that to me? Yeah, <laughs> you're causing trouble. Um, and the strings, to be honest, in the deliverance, opening of deliverance, I was like, and I'm, I'm a stringed man, you know? <laughs> um, and then we didn't really speak. Well, at the end, you spoke, I suppose, you know, about Vox Populi. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm like, what sort of an intro is this? <laughs> and then it starts up again. And I'm like, and it goes from your waxing and waning um, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, power on, power off, instruments in, instruments out. Um, and... So my first listen, I was like, hey, listen, I actually got hold of my friend Doug Funnykirk, if he listens to this, and said, Doug, you've got to listen to these guys because this is really good. It's not flawless, but it's really good. Mm -hmm. And I've carried on listening to it, and now I think it's flawless. <laughs> so um, I'm like, um, and it is. When I started looking for faults in particular songs, I'm like, no, in totality, um, that those parts that I actually didn't like actually grew on me more than, you know, the other parts. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. I feel, you know, richer for you in bringing it to, um, to flawless. And I think it's flawless. Boom. Thank you. Well yeah. done. Awesome. There you go. And then, and then over to Mr. To, Liam. To Liam. Oh yeah, you go. But granddaddy. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's, yeah, never heard of them before. The, the pastiche of genres is really interesting. So it's mm. like part country, part Springsteen, like populist rock, part like these arcade fire barrelers, part like soul and bluesy and surf rock and all that sort of stuff. I think the lyrics are great. The the songwriting is really well done. Everything sort of um, like they're really good at all the different parts. So there's lots of really good guitar parts, lots of really good orchestral parts. The thing where it fell down for oh. me was sometimes it felt like 
they had all these people who played all these instruments and they had to force every instrument to appear in a song. Okay. So there were some parts where it was like, it would get to a point of the song and I'd feel like, oh, okay, so the song's probably over now or it's just going to continue on. And mm-hmm. then they'd bring in a whole new part. Like it might be the orchestral thing or it might be a surf rock part. So it felt like, and then, so on Deliverance Part 2, where you so it's got the orchestral part at the front and then the acoustic guitar. And then you said it's got the piano and you hear them going over the piano. I didn't like the piano bit on the end. I was just like, the, the song's over. Didn't need it. And I think if I was producing the album for them, I'd be like, you don't, you don't need that, guys. You can just stop the song here. So it's not that it's a bad part, but I just think too many of the songs felt like they had too many parts and there was just so much going on all the time that I felt like the they groaned. I guess I think my friends obviously like they groaned under the weight of it a little bit. Like sometimes they just wanted to show us here's all oh, these good. things we can do with all these different instruments mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. often. So the opening one, I was like, oh, that's that's a big epic part with like eight different a big opening song with eight different parts, and it's going to be. You know, that's going to be the big thing. And, you know, maybe they'll do another one like that at the end. And then in the end, they were all like that. They were all big things that had lots of stuff to do. And I felt that I struggled with that. I think I would have liked it. Like, it's an amazing album. It absolutely is fantastic. But I just feel like just needed a little bit of a trim on it. And so that's why I couldn't give it flawless, unfortunately. I'm booking, so you I'm were booking close a flight in. to Australia Jeez, to bud. come fight you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. You won't, you won't be the only two one. Two three, these, these two want to fight me sometimes. Yeah. But it was definitely an amazing album. We want to thank you very much for nominating it. Yeah, thank you guys for giving me a platform to come talk about it. All good. Cool. And thank you, everyone, for listening. We have social media, all the social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are Flawless AMP on all of those. So check us out. Give us a rating. Every little bit helps us find music lovers just like you. And, of course, as we said at the start, we have Patreon. So patreon.com slash Flawless AMP. Check us out there. If you can back us, that would be amazing. Other than that, thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. Quit my thinking, gonna try to blend in, like I was never really there.